0: Hello and welcome to Walk the Pod, your daily walking show where I take my podcast for a walk because I don't have a dog. You take 10 minutes out of the day to walk in nature and to pay attention to what's directly in front of you. My name is Rachel Wheelie, a human in the world trying to figure out how to be on a cycle path in SW19, Wimbledon, London in the UK. I am being rained on just ever so gently, just the gentlest rain ever. Rain index, 0.75 potties, and I have under my arm uh, letters from a Stoic, a book which is two inches thick. It's absolutely ginormous. I'm walking along the cycle path with this enormous tome under my arm, and I'm not a large person, you know. It's a rather ludicrous sight to behold. Welcome to episode 12, series 24 of Walk the Pod. quite enjoying you, uh, bringing you Stoics from the cycle path straight off the bat. First thing into the podcast hit you with a bit of Stoic philosophy, a bit of wisdom for your Tuesday and uh, today I have a, an extract uh, from a letter from Lucius Seneca to his friend Lucilius and he's talking to him uh, on this occasion about how you might have loads of criticisms of powerful people around you and their horrendous behaviour uh, but be careful because if you had their power and their influence you might commit similarly terrible crimes. It is now <laughs> rain index three or possibly even four. Uh, and the rain is coming through the Wimbledon Chase Primary School playing field, through the chain link fence and directly into my face. So as I read you this, I need you to understand that my copy of Seneca's Stoics on the Cycle Path, <laughs> for that is what the book is called, Stoics on the Cycle Path, sorry. My copy of Seneca's Letters from a Stoic is getting rained on as I read this to you. So here we go, uh, this is from uh, a letter called On Values. In the noise of, I got confused by the bell ringing there, not in the noise, and the rain. It's a very, it's a very distracting situation to be reading to you from today, potties. I apologise. In the case of many men, their vices, being powerless, escape notice. Although as soon as the persons in question has become satisfied with their own strength, vices will be no less outrageous than those of the people they criticize. These men simply lack the position of power to exercise their vices. Similarly, one can handle a poisonous snake while it is stiff through cold. The poison is not missing, it is merely frozen into inaction. In the case of many men, their cruelty, ambition and indulgence only lack the favor of fortune to make them bring about the crimes that would match the worst their wishes are the same, and you will discover soon that they will attain power equal to their wishes. Very interesting. Uh, Stoics on the psychopath. there, I think. If you are sufficiently ambitious to become rich and powerful enough to display horrendous vices, you will. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's essentially what Seneca's saying. Uh, the message of which being, I don't know... Live a smaller life as a more honest person, I, th- I think. Not really sure. Just pausing now because um, you know there's a uh, mechanic's house on the cycle path, Poddies. There is a new car in the mechanic's house. Uh, he's working on it now and I'm pretty excited about it. I'd like to tell you about that as what I can see directly in front of me now. What can I see directly in front of me? Well, I'm walking past, as I mentioned, the mechanics house. Outside the mechanics house is often an electric Mini Cooper. But today, a red sports car. He's just covered it with a tarpaulin because it's raining. But it's a beautiful red sports car, sort of old fashioned sports car, like an MG or something like that. And it's red with a white number painted on the bonnet. um, And it's absolutely gorgeous. It's always very exciting walking past this house because there's often a different car outside and they're all very they're often very interesting cars so there we are uh, what else can i see directly in front of me well rain mostly um, there are many people sort of walking around with their hoods up and their arms very straight as they clench their fists against the cold slightly inside the sleeves of their jackets the kids have run in from the playing fields in the Wimbledon Chase Primary School and Nursery. There are no pups about. I can't see any cyclists. What you can hear there is the mechanic putting things away in big Tupperware boxes to store in his garage. Just walking past the bit that was replanted. It used to be the ocean puddle, but is now a gorgeous triangle of greenery. And that's looking very lovely if a little bit, a little bit sort of swamped in oak leaves and um, various bits of kind of foliage. Reminds me that I once interviewed a man who was a guerrilla gardener. He he went out and planted plants in uh, orphaned, I think he called it, orphaned land in his local area. And, um, Uh, He made beautiful displays uh, and and was often invited by councils to come and do guerrilla gardening on uh, their roundabouts and various other bits of uh, abandoned uh, soil. Which ties in quite nicely to what I was saying yesterday about Baronda Montgomery's pioneer plants. The plants that will take root in the most unlikely of places and transform the environment for the plants that will come along afterwards. And these pioneer plants are often quite dull-looking. They're often grasses or similarly unshowy varieties because they don't need loads of nutrients. And that's how they are capable of surviving in these unusual situations because they're not trying to produce very nutritionally expensive flowers. They're just grasses. But there is no just about it because the transformation of the environment that they affect Uh, can be enough to allow more uh, needy varieties to come along afterwards and find the the nutrition they need in the soil. Because those first wave pioneer plants have in fact decomposed nutrients into the soil as they die, thus allowing other species to take root there. So just remember, if you are affecting change in your organisation and you're finding the going very, very tough you are disrupting your environment in a way that will make it possible for people who come along after you to do that very good work. So I hope that's uh, encouraging, bodies. And um, it's just settled down now into, into fairly steadfast and relentless rain. I don't often uh, podcast on the cycle path in like proper rain. It's amazing how infrequently that actually happens. But uh, it seems today is gonna be one of those days. And I agreed series ago with Polly from the icy edge of England, now of North London, of course, uh, the urban wasteland, North London, that I would carry an umbrella in order to, in order to demonstrate the rain to you so that you could hear it pattering on the fabric. But I don't have an umbrella with me because I had to carry this enormous book of letters from a Stoic today, Poddies. so uh, you won't be able to hear the rain, I'm afraid, but you're just going to have to take my word for it that it is raining. I think you could tell as I tried to read Stoics on the cycle path that it was raining because I was failing to um, actually articulate some of the words because I was trying to negotiate a page that was getting increasingly soggy as I went along. Thank you for walking with me this Tuesday lunchtime, it's been an absolute delight to have you with me on this walk along the bike track in SW19. I spent a very pleasant evening last night watching Murder on the Orient Express, starring Kenneth Branagh, also directed by Kenneth Branagh. How you star in and direct a film simultaneously I, I cannot fathom. But uh, some people manage it and and the steam trains and the snow and the people in period costumes were very comforting to a soul that was somewhat overwhelmed by emails yesterday. Still wading through an email inbox that is uh, quite overflowing with correspondence. Uh, that's my work email inbox. If, if you want to email me, I mean, that's a completely different kettle of fish, Potties I have a separate email account for your emails, which I of course read first rach at rachelweely.com if you want to send me some pictures of puppies or something. And I want to say a big thank you in particular to Captain Tim, who very kindly and for no obvious reason sent me a duck in the post a wooden duck. Uh, which is absolutely gorgeous it's so beautiful and I have it with me uh, at work by my work laptop (laughs) sitting next to my work laptop Uh, just just sitting there being serene because ducks are serene just chilling while I read emails Uh, so it's, it's difficult to say how moved I am Captain Tim that you would send me a duck in the post thank you so much for that Uh, and I hope you are having a good week so far I get the impression that people are somewhat overwhelmed at the moment and well of course as usual my my thoughts are take regular breaks and take a walk at lunchtime because it's amazing how restorative that can be Uh, and over time it becomes a little oasis in the middle of the day. So I hope you will start putting a break for lunch and a walk in your diary every day, ring fence the time and get out the front door, even in the rain, just as I get out there on the basis that the podcast needs walking, you can get out there on the basis that the podcast needs listening to. And if you listen to walk the pod while you're walking, it might help you to form a habit. And of course, the other good way of forming a habit is to join a group of people for whom daily walking is their normal habit. And you can do that by joining the Walk the Pod Walking Club if you'd like to, by going to rachelweelyisfunny.com, clicking on one of the tiers of support and diving into the Walk the Pod community message board, which is our little corner of the internet, hosted on Discord with many channels in which the poddies can chat about things that bring them joy, like their favourite clouds, pictures of ducks, their favourite philosophical quotes, ways to meditate, etc. Lots of love and I'll be back with episode 13 tomorrow.